You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. I want to ask you a question today. Does anybody, have, have you been praying seriously about something for a good while and nothing seems to be happening? You've, you've prayed and 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 you've prayed. What do we do when we don't get an answer to prayer? Somebody say give up. <laughs> what, what do we do? Keep praying. Keep praying. How do we keep praying? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying and nothing seems to be happening, happening, then I usually start praying a little louder. Somehow I think my volume will help draw attention from heaven to earth and get heaven's attention. And let, Lord! Sometimes I pray hard. I get more determined. I go down. Come on, Jesus. Get this. Today I want, to, I want to present to us not the option, but another way of looking at prayer. It's the way Jesus taught in John, or Luke 18. We're going to look at that passage here in a minute. <clears throat> but sometimes when, when, we're, when we're associating prayer, we're thinking of prayer like when we're in the battlefield. Has anybody ever heard the expression, a foxhole prayer? You know, you're in the midst of a battle and a war and the shells are coming in and the bombs are blowing up and, and out of fear and hope for survival, it drives us to our knees and we cry out to God. That's battlefield prayer. And a lot of times when we're on the battlefield, our, our prayer is one of survival. But one of the things that Jesus, I, I, I think he was teaching us when he told us the, the parable of the persistent widow was that when you have unanswered prayer, sometimes it's because we're not fighting it in the right arena. We're, we're not fighting it uh, on the battlefield. We need to leave the battlefield and we need to go into the heavenly courtroom and there get a verdict on our situation. There's a lot of different people that give expression to this. I, I've been moved uh, in... in uh, the releasing the captives, the, the whole kind of uh, way of looking at those who fall into captivity, uh, th oftentimes through no fault, no sin, no reason of their own. They're just going through life and all of a sudden they're caught and they're stuck and they're contained and they're captive. They're, they're kind of like they're imprisoned and there's, there's no explanation for it. And I, I've had the privilege of in, in intercession on Wednesday mornings when Rick's doing morning watch for us uh, of having some encounters where the Holy Spirit took me to a place of finding out how to release captives from their captivity. And sometimes those captivities are, are manifest physiologically. And, and it, it was so encouraging to me when, when I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit one day and accidentally stumbled upon the reality of seeing someone who had no reason, no explanation, humanly known, why she was in captivity, but she was freed. And it was like, wow, Lord, teach me. Then I, 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 I've just enjoyed testimony books. I, I've probably been in a two-year season where I've just enjoyed 
people sharing their testimonies of what's happened when the Holy Spirit comes and how they, they learn and how the Holy Spirit shows them different things. And it's just been an encouragement to me. It's blessed my heart. It's been one of those things that's, that's been, one, is, uh, one of the guys that does this is entitled the Praying Medic. Has anybody heard of the Praying Medic? When I first saw these books that kind of had some kind of super spiritual kind of titles, you know, uh, stepping into the glory beyond the veil, the glory, 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 or something like that, you know, and it's the praying medic. And I thought, oh, this has got to be Eastern mysticism, Eastern religion. This guy, this praying medic, he's, he's like the Mashi Rasha of Washa, you know, or something. And I'm just thinking, what? what? No. He's a paramedic in the United States who believes in the supernatural power of God to heal. And when he's in his paramedic ambulance and they're doing things, he sees God heal. And through that, through his understanding of healing, he's written several books. He's got a whole slew of books on different things, so how to see in the spirit, um, how to hear the voice of the Lord, all those kind of things. And it's just really amazing. So the thing I want us to, to look at today is just saying, don't double your efforts. Maybe change your focus. Maybe instead of fighting and sh swinging and shadow boxing and swinging at the air and going laboriously and exhausting yourself and wearing yourself out, how about making an appeal to the courts of heaven? Wow. Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. How are you going to know what's supposed to be on the earth if you don't ask for glimpses of what's going on in heaven so that you know what's supposed to be established, what we're supposed to be cooperating with, what the death resurrection and ascension of Jesus has already secured, how do we know how to pray and what that looks like if we don't get a revelation of what's there? You'll find that in all prayer, prayer is not about a formula, it's not about mechanics, it's not about duty and discipline, it's about a relationship. And every time Jesus models prayer for us, he's talking about a relationship as a son to the Father. And so as children, we come to our Heavenly Father and we pray and we open up our hearts and we cry out to Him. But there are things that He's secured for us that we need to learn what those are and how to appropriate them so it goes from heaven to earth. I'm so glad that my good friend's a lawyer. So Rick, if there's any protocol that I'm missing today, uh, although he's not in the courtroom very often, <laughs> he's not a trial lawyer, but... There is something, there's something about the legality in the spirit realm that the demons and that the evil one has to submit to. And we need to be wise of what that is so that we know how to pray. So Jesus teaches us on prayer in Matthew 6 and the parallel in Luke chapter 11, the Lord's Prayer that we, that we know by heart. And, and we find there that's out of the relationship with our loving Father. And in 18, he starts to make the association of praying and the courtroom, the, the judicial aspect of prayer. So let's look at verse 1 of Luke chapter 18. 
Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Make the written word, the living word within our lives. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive the true revelation of what you're saying to the church today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Pray and don't give up. So let me tell you a story, Jesus says. Let me tell you a story that will encourage your heart to pray and not give up. That's the context. There's a widow who's seeking justice and she's going to the legal courts to get justice against her adversary. She comes before an unjust judge, doesn't fear God, doesn't fear man. There's nothing holy about this judge. So the Lord is, is showing us a comparison and a contrast at the same time. He is the judge <clears throat> of everything. Here is a judge over just a specific jurisdiction, a, a specific area that he has authority over. God has authority over every realm known to us. Mm. She has a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Think about what your plea is today. What is it that you want to go before the courts of heaven and you want to say, here's my plea, Lord, grant me justice over my adversary. What is the adversary that's coming towards you today that the Lord wants to grant and give you a verdict in your favor? What is it that he's pursuing? What is it that he wants to undo that's been done to you? What is it that's about to be done to you that if there's not intervention, it's going to happen? Or what is it that the enemy is scheming in the future to shipwreck you? What is it that he's got that he's trying to leverage so that injustice will prevail in your life? So she makes her plea and the judge refuses. He refuses. So she makes it again. She makes it again. There's something about the tenaciousness of a woman. They don't give up. As a husband, I can testify. They will not give up, especially <laughs> when they are in the right, 
when what they know, they know, they know, and they continue to come and to make their request known. They come to make their plea. They come before the judge seeking a verdict in their favor. Mm. So the judge refuses, but she keeps coming. She keeps coming. Oftentimes we see this, this whole parable about persisting in prayer. And I think that's definitely there. That's something that we need to do. But the point I want us to look at is how to make prayer judicial. How to take prayer to the courtroom of heaven so that we can secure the verdict that is true in heaven and have it enforced upon the earth. So what do we know about heaven? Is there any injustice in heaven? Is there any sickness in heaven? Hmm. Is there any disease in heaven? Are things broke in heaven? Hmm. I don't know what means of transportation we'll have there. My personal experience in a dream was you don't need a vehicle, but if we do have a vehicle, it's gonna be better uh, than just having that super synthetic oil that you only have to change once a year. Uh, it's gonna be an eternal maintenance-free program in heaven. And I'm looking forward to things not breaking. <laughs> Does the air conditioners go out in heaven? Hmm, no. And if yours went out this week, we wanna pray for you at the end of the service. Definitely, definitely. But the judge, fourthly, finally grants her justice. In the natural, he's just smart. He doesn't want to be worn out by a woman who's not going to give up. She is a pit bull. She is locked on, and she is not going to open her jaws until she gets justice. Persistent. Hmm. And then the, the admonition of Scripture Jesus says, listen to what the unjust judge says. We gotta listen. If that's the way it is in the natural realm where the enemy is free to influence, what is it like when we move into the spiritual realm? What is it like when we come to a God who is holy and righteous? What is it like when we come to a God who loves us beyond any comprehension we could muster? When I think of the greatest sense in which God loves me, I haven't even begun to scratch the truth of the reality of the depths of his love. For me, oftentimes, I just get stuck in his mercy. I never get beyond his loving kindness that is so merciful, extended, mercifully extended to me. But there's so much more. There's so much more. There's a, there's a lie that comes from the pit of hell that comes upon us when, when we're experiencing difficulty that often tries to do a little scripture re reminding us of scripture in that what you sow is what you reap. So if we do something and we find ourselves suffering as a result of that, we find ourselves in a condition that we will automatically just resign ourselves to and say, well, I got what I deserve. I'm getting what I deserve. Uh, this is, you know, a consequence of a choice I made. Okay. 
in the natural, that's true. But when we repent and we ask for forgiveness and we confess that what we did was wrong, and if we have to, we, we make the amends as best as we can. If it involves another person, we go to them. We ask them to forgive us. We make restitution if need be. When we've done that, guess what? The slate is clean. The slate is clean. The side effects of, of the consequences of a poor choice no longer stays. I was reading of a, of a man kind of warmed my heart when I, when I heard his testimony. He was talking about, uh, he, he was a believer and he was raising, I, I think, six kids. And he had one, one daughter that went on the wild side and she went off and, and she got pregnant outside of marriage. And, and uh, he was heavy and he was feeling that. And, and then a prophet of the Lord just came to him and said, Her pregnancy is not a sin. Her sin was the fornication. The result of that, the child in her womb is faultless. Amen. And I was just going, oh, wow. Just goes against everything religious, doesn't it? Right now, if you're bristling, that's a religious spirit. You need to cast it out of you. you know, it's that kind of thing of understanding that the beauty of that. God knows how to redeem our worst mistakes. The enemy is there to constantly see how much mileage he can get out of our mistakes, how, how much he can connect that mistake over to this area so that we don't believe that God is really going to do something wonderful or good that he couldn't heal us because we're still doing stuff that's wrong. One of the things that excites me about the passage today is that I believe that there, there are those things that we get ensnared into because we made a, a decision, a free will choice, but then as a result of that, we've started to lose control of our choices and we can't get free it's like we're going in quicksand. We want to get out, but we don't know how to get out. And the whole time that we're trying to get out, uh, we're, we're feeling like, well, who's going to help me? Who really will help me? I really can't ask God because if I hadn't done what I'd done, God, you know, I wouldn't be in this mess. So I got to figure out how to get out of this mess. And so we're, we're in it and we're going down and, 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 and we're suffocating and it's going... And the enemy's constantly saying, you can't ask so-and-so because you did this to them. Remember when you did that? And so he just tries to, to, to restrict all the potential resources that you could draw upon until you have no resources except your own ability. And by then, you're not able. You are under control of whatever it is that has you. Oh. I want to introduce you to a ministry that's called Snatching from the Flames. We find it in Jude. And in Jude, we find that God is so wonderful and merciful, there is no explanation about how the person got in the fire, how they're in the flames. There's only the thing that the Lord is the one who snatches them from the fire, from the flames. And he is so merciful and he is so good that today he wants to snatch us 
out of whatever flames we might be burning in, whatever might have a, a strangulation hold. It's almost like a, a spirit of python, a, a, a constricting snake that comes around and it coils around and it's trying to crush and suffocate. And it's like, there's no python in heaven. There's no constriction in heaven. And so we need to go after that by making an appeal to the court. Does anybody know any Bible verses that might say that God wants to heal today? I mean, what would be the basis by which you would go to heaven if you've got a physical ailment that you would say, Lord, on the basis of your word in this part of the Bible, I want to make an appeal. Does anybody know a Bible verse? That could be our problem right there. I'm, I'm waiting. I can do all things with Christ that strengthens me. You sure can. Amen. Specifically to healing. That's a resource. That's a resource that we get shamed away from doing. Oh, I don't want to impose on, on the elders. Oh, I'm, I'm not that important. Oh, I, I'll just be a, a bother. So, so we, don't, we don't appropriate a resource that we have for healing. Okay. For the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Amen for that. Yeah, good. Has anybody read Isaiah 53? Please. Peter? First Peter? Anybody read First Peter? Folks, how are we healed? By his stripes we are healed. And when we, when we see that, if, if, you don't want, if you don't believe healing's in the atonement, first of all, I think you're missing a whole lot. There's more than just salvation in the, in the atonement. And it, there is salvation in the fullest sense of salvation in the atonement, which means wholeness of our entire being, physically, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, all aspects of us is, is found in the atonement. But Jesus modeled that when the kingdom of God comes, we see that the demonstration that there is a new reign when the king of kings has come upon the earth, he is now coming against everything that has been ruling this earth, sickness and disease and sin. And when he comes, the lepers are healed. It comes because the kingdom has come. He says, if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then you know that the kingdom of God has come. They were saying he was doing it by the prince of demons, that he was casting out demons. No. And so, so we understand there is so much for us. If we've been praying and it's been ineffective, let's make an appeal to heaven. Let's go to the courts of heaven. Let's go and say, Lord Jesus, your blood was shed. Your life was given. Your death was there, not just so that I can go to heaven, but so that the effects of sin, the consequences of sin would no longer have their power, would no longer be like a boa constrictor around me, squeezing life out of me. 
but you have come to set the captive free. Free. You have been set free for freedom. And now I'm free to, to know you and to love you. And so it's, it's, if you believe that, go to the courts of heaven. Jesus is your attorney. Say, Jesus, you know, I really made some bad mistakes. You can tell your attorney everything. Attorney-client privilege, right? So you can tell Jesus everything. You don't, have to, you don't have to lie to Jesus and say, well, I really didn't do it. No, <laughs> you did it. Lord, I really did this. I can't believe I did it. Da, 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 da. And I appeal to your blood. I appeal to your death, your, your atoning grace, your, your sacrifice is what I appeal to. And out of that appeal, allow him to speak before the judge. The devil's there. He's accusing all the time. He, he will never stop accusing. He will accuse to his last breath. So just because you have a fresh accusation coming your way, don't be surprised by that. He's always accusing the saints. He's always accusing God's kids. He's constantly accusing. And as he comes, just say, um, I make my appeal to the death, resurrection, and ascension of the Holy Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and rest it. It's going to come before the Father. Guess what Father's going to do? He's going to say, not guilty. He's going to rule in Jesus' favor. And if you're in Jesus, guess what? That's your favor. He's going to rule in your favor. And when he rules in your favor, now you have an official verdict in heaven that is to be enforced on planet Earth. We need to enforce it on planet Earth. Oftentimes, as soon as, as, soon as the gavel hits and the Lord says, and Father God says, done, verdict, delivered, you will have justice. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it may take a little while. Sometimes there could be some real stupid demons. There, there's some real dumb demons. There's some real intelligent demons, but there are some real dumb demons that even though it's officially decreed that they can't harass and they can't torment and they can't do the stuff, when they come and they try to resurface and they think that they can get away with it, first of all, they can't get away with it. As Soon as you see that activity that has been established in the courts of heaven is starting to happen again on planet Earth, you go to the courts of heaven known as the court of angels, okay? You wanna to go to the court of angels, that's the place you wanna go. Because you've already got an official document that says, the verdict is in on this issue. Now you just take that and you go to the court of angels. It's a different kind of court. It's almost like a pooling place where all the angels gather and they just are waiting for an assignment. They are so eager for an assignment. And as and soon as you come in and you say, hey, listen, I've had this verdict in, in the court of heaven, in Father's court that says they're not allowed to do this anymore, Boom, 
and I'm still being harassed. Oh, I tell you, angels are chomping at the bit to get to serve you in that regard. They are all over that. It's, it's like, oh, 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 I want to go, I want to go. Give it to me. Can I have it? Can I have it? I want to go. Because they have the joy of going and capturing the demonic that is in violation of the official decree of heaven. And when they capture that little demon, he is sent to the pit to never return. They are in violation. And when they get caught like that, they are done. And that's why, they, that's why they, they listen real carefully to what's been decreed in the court of heaven. Because when that happens, it's game over for them. That's why the angels, the holy angels, love it. Because it takes one more off the planet. So are you being harassed? Are you being messed with? Is the evil one trying to do all sorts of nasty stuff? God will bring about justice for his chosen ones. Are you chosen? You got to know that you're chosen. He chose you before the foundation of the earth. He loved you and he chose you. Who cry out to him day and night. Mm, that's where that night and day prayer of IHOP, International House of Prayer, comes from. Uh, night and day prayer. They pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tremendous ministry. Brian Beeson's part of that. And Joni, we love them. We bless them. Will he keep putting them off? The Lord never wants to put us off. We find in Daniel that there was, you know, Daniel got put off for 21 days, but it was not because of the Lord. It was because of the battle, the battle that had to take place before, uh, and the Mike, Michael had to be called upon so that they could get through to bring the answer to the prayer. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and they get it quickly. I love this. To me, this should be the verse that the Marvel comic book should be after, the Avengers. It yeah. says, and I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. He's better than Iron Man. When you've got God and the holy angels coming to avenge the injustice that's done against you, <laughs> we just have to know who we are and where to make our appeal to. And so this morning, I want us to ask heaven for, for verdicts, for those issues that's keeping prayer from coming to pass. If your neighbor's asleep, wake them up right now. This is a good time to stay awake. We need to, we need to be able, Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance what we need to hold on to. First of all, cancer has no place in heaven. And it has no place in a believer. And we want to go after that. So Father, we just receive a wisdom we, we receive the, the Holy Spirit to just direct us right now. Holy Spirit, come. Come as you want to come. 
There's things that I want to direct to, but Lord, we just submit to you and we just say, Holy Spirit, come and do everything that's in Father's heart to be done today. Everything that the Lord Jesus died for, do today. Everything that the holy angels are chomping at the bit to see released to us today. I pray, Father, that you would release. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.